Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. It's two friends, three topic, and two topics. Wow, this is going to be great. Limited <laughs> pop culture. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Alin. And by the catchy music that you may or may not have just heard, depending on our sound quality, you probably have figured out that this is our 30th episode and thus another very special episode. We are joined this, by Pen- Pennywise. I know, right? We'll be handing, like, that's the kind of thing I would expect, like, he's doing a dance and then all of a sudden, boom. This is like Pennywise before things went wrong. Right, exactly. You know, this was the good days of Pennywise, basically. Right. If there were any, I don't know. Um, but you could probably guess something similar to back when we did Crime Time. Our 30th episode is dedicated to animation. And specifically, we decided to do animated movies right. to match our theme. Alin and I have both picked, although, you know, as a testament to our different personalities, we went about it different ways. Our top three some kind of animated movies. <laughs> I I cheated. You can just say I cheated. I because was I, tap dancing around it. He, because I kept trying to, and you know this about me, like I was trying to create a rule to apply to the movies. And I kept finding that different movies satisfied the rule that I had created that I'll go over in detail as we, as we go through it. But yeah. And I, I, like, sprung it on her, like, an hour ago that I cheated. So. <laughs> yeah, I had no time. I, I had no no time to, uh, to argue like I, with you. I was just I, like, all right. <laughs> I knew it was wrong. So I was waiting until the last moment. You're like, where are your, where are your picks? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Here they are, all 40 yeah. of them. <laughs> Here's 40 of them. And you said you were going to be busy until we recorded. So, yeah, here they are. <laughs> yep. yep, that's pretty much how it went. All right. Well, so we're going to start today with our honorable mentions. And to this, to your credit, you did it perfectly. <laughs> There's three of them. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? Yeah, no, it's great. And, you know, I do also want to point out, interestingly enough, I don't think a single one of our picks crosses over. Well, I also did that by design. Oh, you did you? Okay. I did. I so did. So I'll be curious to know if anything on my list you would have actually put on your list had you not known what they were. I try to make it as robust as possible because there is so many different types of of animation nowadays. Mm -hmm. And there are some animation that are aimed exclusively for adults as well. So I was just like, well, I saw I saw your list and I said, okay, let's let's pretend like you can't use any of those. Like I said, I apply rules to myself for whatever reason. (laughs) <laughs> did you just apply the rules so that you could break them yeah no, I, I, I maybe <laughs> that's how my mind works i'm like fun. Yeah. yeah it's fun all right um do you want to start with your three honorable mentions yes uh so my three honorable mentions they are movie uh sorry movies that i have watched as an adult like i didn't bring a child to the movies with me i mean if you did i would be like whose child was it because that's a little bit suspicious i normally um borrow children when i want to see movies that's hilarious i don't think i I know any children that i could borrow i borrowed one of our high school friends son to go see frozen 2 in the theater yeah i just needed to see it you know 
Um, you, know, you could go without children. There's not a law. I know, but it just felt like a good cover. A good cover. <laughs> a good cover. Like, oh, she looks like she belongs here. She uh-huh. has a small child. Uh, so my three, my three honorable mentions I had, and this kind of came out, I want to say early 2000s. I really enjoyed Shrek. Not mm-hmm. the Shrek trilogy. Just, just the first, the first one. Just mm-hmm. the first one. Just mm-hmm. the first one. I also enjoyed the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought it was a lot of fun. I, now that song is stuck in my head. Everything oh, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's in there. I prefer to sing it as everything is awful. Oh, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, like 2022 remix. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Everything is awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last the last movie I had, and it's probably because it reminded me a lot of the video games that I grew up playing. Uh, Wreck It Ralph. Mm, yeah. Good one. So I All haven't right. seen the second one. So you have any thoughts on these honorable mentions? I mean, for me, they were just movies that I've seen as an adult. I've heard they were good. I went out and sought them. It wasn't like it was on TV and I stopped. It's like, I'm going to go watch these because I'm an adult and I can. Mm-hmm. I so, love that. Yeah. I remember reading about Shrek that they actually re-recorded the vocals entirely for the whole movie. Yes, because I don't remember if it didn't work. I know it was Chris Farley or he died. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, too. But Shrek originally didn't have his accent that he is so known for. And that came through in the second re-recording. So, yeah, I mean, like I there were a lot of innuendos and I Mm -hmm. appreciate the innuendos. Mm hmm. That are like, oh, I get you. Like, they know what they're going for. Like, you're. This was you're also bringing... kind of early feminism in a, in a weird way, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to the Lego movie real quick. I loved Batman in that. <laughs> well, that was the thing, because I had already cheated so much that I didn't want to put, like, the Lego movie, like, in the offshoots, because I did love the Lego Batman movie as See, I well. I haven't seen that. It's so it's worth seeing. Oh, it's so good. And I Is think it? it's okay. on, I think it's on HBO max. And whenever all of the, you know, different Batman people who play Batman are discussed, it's always like, where's Lego Batman? Cause mm-hmm. Will, Will Arnett has the perfect Batman voice. He seems like he's everywhere lately. Yes. Like I've even heard him doing like Snickers commercials on the radio. Isn't it strange? When it's you're so like, weird. I know that voice. I yeah, know I know that voice. I know it's so and, weird. And you do you like Wreck It Ralph as well? Yes, I assumed that you picked that because the little girl and her game reminded you of Mario Kart. Yes, and mm-hmm. I I also love the voices. Like John C. Riley mm-hmm. is one of those actors who does not do animation all the time, but his voice and Wreck It Ralph's match and Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. Is in it as the voice. So I like I always like it when there are people who you wouldn't necessarily think are associated with quote unquote kids movies and they yeah. show up. Yeah, that's that's good. No, those are three solid picks. Thank Do you, you. want to hear Thank my you. honorable mentions? Yeah. OK, so my honorable mentions were The Emperor's New Groove, The Fantastic Mr. Fox and How to Train Your Dragon. And I kind of have my reasons for all three of them. All right, let's let's hear them. Okay, so The Emperor's New Groove, I think to this day, is the funniest Disney movie that's ever been made. And I 
I will fight you on that. Like, oh, <laughs> like, I don't know why, but every time I watch that movie, I laugh every time. And I see it quoted everywhere. And um, I also have some good memories of it because it's one of the only movies I saw in the theater with both my dad and my half sister. Like, we don't spend a lot of time, the three of us oh. together. So I remember, but we all saw that together. So that was a nice memory. And it cracked me up in the theaters, too. Um, and I've also made other people watch it and they've all loved it. Um, so, so this has escaped me. I've never. Oh, my God. You have got to watch it. It's I feel like I have up. to. I have to watch it with you though. Like that's, that's well, what I feel like has to happen excuse for me to come back to new England. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I will tell you. So the one thing that is a concern with this is I don't like David Spade and he voices the main character. Yes. And you're not meant to like the main character through three quarters of the movie. So oh. it's probably going to work out great for you. All right. That's good. That's good. Like, I don't know. Like who no, knows actually, on your career, they <laughs> but actually picked a, uh, like they picked the guy who sounds like a jerk because the main character is a jerk. Okay, good. Because yeah. I was like, oh, like I've never liked him. Yeah, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't like him as an actor. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely a growth story, and you can tell. Like, you know how some some people have like a punchable face. Like, yes. He's got like a punchable voice. I don't it's know totally. how else to explain it. <laughs> I mean, that was his whole like persona on yeah. Saturday Night Live too. He always played the character you wanted a punch in the face. Yep. 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 Um, so we went with the fantastic Mr. Fox. Like, I absolutely love that movie, but it's also my husband's favorite movie, like favorite animated movie, maybe favorite movie of all time. For all I know, he adores the fantastic Mr. Fox. And we are always quoting from it and yelling at each other. Are you cussing at me? Are you cussing at me? (laughs) And I mean, you and I even did. We we did a mock up. Yep. Yes. The fantastic Mr. Fox. When we fed your dog blueberries. Yeah. (laughs) They were not poisonous or with sleeping agents. They were just regular blueberries. And he's a chihuahua, not a beagle, but we had to improvise. We did. But they still love blueberries. They and so that would have been a movie I would have had listed. Ah. in mind and so that that's why I was like don't touch it don't touch it but I think and just kind of tagging along to that like whenever Wes Anderson does some sort of style of animation it's it's always just delightful like Isle of Dogs Isle was, of Dogs was great yeah mm-hmm. so it's just like I don't know it's like having a, a cup of warm milk and chocolate chip cookies on a cold Even day. Even some of his non-animated movies have almost like a half-animated style to them. Yeah, because they don't exist in the real world. Right. I'm thinking of like, I'm probably going to get this title wrong and you're going to have to help me, but it's like Moonrise Kingdom or something. No, you got it. You oh, got I it. got it. Yeah. But there was like kittens through that whole movie. And I was just like, there's the kitten. There's the kitten. There's the kitten. There's the kitten. <laughs> yeah, he creates these. They're almost, they're, they are reality, but they're reality as it, it exists in his mind or what right. he would like to see. So he's like, I would like more kittens yes, to just and, be there. And that's great. Yeah. I'm super cool with that. Um, now, last but not least, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, I mean, I don't know anybody who would disagree with this being on a list of best ofs. Um, you could throw the whole series up there, too. I mean, whatever issues you may have had with the second or the third one, um, that first one is a masterpiece. And um, the dragon it looks just like my cat, Pebbles. <laughs> so there's that. Um, we used to call her Toothless because she just looked like Toothless. And then the other thing that I really think is great is that the original woman, the woman who wrote the original books that these movies were based on, mm-hmm. um, and my mom actually read all of the books. 
And I, I think she read them multiple times. And she actually wrote to that author. And the author wrote her back. Oh, cool. And she's got this framed letter that she's got from the author of that book uh, with, si- with a signature and autograph and everything. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever um, that she took the time to do that for my mom. So I know that doesn't really connect to the movie per se, but it's just a really good memory and a, a really cool thing that happened that just elevates something great even greater. You know, It's like a wholesome thing because you never oh, yeah. know when you write anything or like when you direct message someone nowadays that you admire if you're going to get any sort of response or even if you're going to get just a a plain letter that's Mm -hmm. written by an assistant Mm -hmm. um the other thing i noticed is all of our honorable mentions are not with the exception of the emperor's new groove the majority of them are Mm non-disney yeah so are yours all pixar or um, I thought Wreck-It Ralph was like universal. Okay, you might be right there. Yeah, I could be, but I know Shrek. Shrek is not. Uh huh. Okay. And the Lego Movie. I don't know who did Lego. Yeah, yeah. Movie. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who owns that property. That's a weird licensing thing. Yeah, and it's it's such a weird movie. It's like we're just gonna have Lego figurines walking around. It's like okay. <laughs> I know. Imagine pitching that. <laughs> and they're just like, go ahead. I'll have to try to see if there's a pitch meeting uh, YouTube series on the Lego movie for you. So you can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. His non his non pitch meeting stuff is really good, too. If you ever watch any of his normal comedy. Yes. And he great. actually meets up with and I, I forget her name. She also does a very funny comedy show and they sometimes do skits together yeah I've seen the one about getting married the first yes. people to get married yes yeah. and mm-hmm. it was and the only reason I found out about her is because she did a lot uh during the pandemic so like she would record in April of 2020 and she would be talking to her past self like her March 2022 self and she's mm. just like you should go to Costco and she's like why and she's like just go to Costco get some stuff <laughs> That's all. And she's like, did you want to get a dog still? And she's like, yeah, but I travel so much. She's like, "Mm, maybe go, go get a dog. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of time on your hands. Yep. (laughs) While you're at Costco, make sure to get the industrial size toilet. Yeah. And it was just like, so every month she started recording a different one because it just kept getting worse. Yep. 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 (laughs) So check those out. I can't tell you her name, but. Okay. So. Would you like to explain to the audience how you cheated? <laughs> yes. So, like, how are we doing this? Do we, we do? Doing... Oh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? We're gonna count down threes and then twos and then ones. Well, so I like. Do you want? Am I going back back in time? I. You know what? I. I'll show you how I put yours on my um, timestamps. Was I put your new kids on the block as number three, and then okay, down from there. So, do you want to start for with those? Yeah, I can do that. So. Once again, the I I called them New Kids on the Block because so this would be your your quote unquote number three. three. Yes, which is but can I say that I did stick to a theme and I picked three. You did. <laughs> so for for all of them and I, like Jamie said, I'm calling it the New Kids on the Block, uh, category and these are movies that have come out. In the past, probably 15 years, if I know how to do math. Maybe, no, one of them came out in 1997. Um, But they're just movies that I was surprised 
how much I enjoyed and continue to enjoy them. And the first one, which will make more sense, is Toy Story and all of the Toy Story sagas that exist. I remember going to see it in 1997 because I used to work at CBS near a movie theater. And after work, my sister really wanted to see it. We went and saw it. I didn't want to tell her how much I liked it because I was 17, 16, 16, 17. But it was just a really heartwarming movie. And it's the ultimate simple idea. What happens when when you shut the door on your toys? Mm -hmm. You want to think that they come alive and they have all of these adventures. And with each toy story, it has gotten better. And I'm not going to say it's like it beats the first one, but they have improved upon the idea with each movie. And it is enough that I am of an age where I shouldn't be watching these movies, but I continue to do so every time Mm -hmm. a new one comes out. You saw the Lightyear one, too, and I heard that one was not great. the, The Lightyear one... And I guess it kind of ties in to my two other picks. It's very heavy on the messaging. Mm. So it's not a fun kids movie. It's Mm -hmm. a heavy movie about life and taking the time to live the life that is around you while you have that time. Mm -hmm. And not keep looking towards the future. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was it was a very, very heavy movie. I'm not sure who the audience was for that because it wasn't it wasn't kids. No, it wasn't kids. It was like a heavy adult sort of movie about finding yourself and, you know, your the family being the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as each Toy Story has gotten on, there's 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 heaviness with it as well when you know Andy goes away to college and gets rid of his toys but then he's the toys are picked up by another generation mm-hmm. and it continues on it continues the cycle and there's yes some mischief they get into the daycare center there's some some awesome fun times as well um I mean Duke Kaboom comes in at a certain point um but it's just they've managed to make movies that are interesting and relevant. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I chose the Toy Story saga. Um, I'll just finish out my other my other two picks are Inside Out mm-hmm. and Zootopia. And those are aimed for children. Yeah, but they're really not. There's a lot of heavy social messaging themes in there which you wouldn't think watching yeah. it. Yeah. I really enjoyed Zootopia. I struggled a little bit with Inside Out. I think it was a bit heavy. Plus I think I tried to watch it on a plane, which is probably not the best place oh, to watch that. Yeah, because you're not expecting you're like, oh look at these all these colorful characters and it's like Whoa, oh what's wait. happening? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, this is like the different aspects of your personality and realizing it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna have I still come feelings. back to that like dinner t- or it's like a dinner table scene where they're asking her about her day at school and it keeps going yes. back inside their head and outside their head and it, uh, it yeah like it was so it was very well written and well 
executed, but also it's one of those movies where it hits really close to home. And if you're not prepared for that, it can be like, Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> and I, so I went in knowing exactly what was going to happen. Cause I heard it was a great movie about feelings and mental health. And I was like, mm-hmm. how could they possibly have done this in a way that is engaging children and their parents? And I'm always just kind of blown away when I see a movie like that and inside out was one of those movies. Uh, Zootopia is another one of them. Um, my, my niece is obsessed with Zootopia. So I've seen it way too many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I can quote it if I had to, but the themes are really, it's, it's racism. It's social yeah. hierarchies. It's very complex stuff, but there's a cute bunny and a Fox. So I like movies like that. I know that's probably controversial to some. Um, and I don't think, I mean, Inside Out did, oh, I don't think any of them were like huge box office successes. Um, I think they broke even. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's fine. That doesn't, it doesn't have to be a criteria for any of this, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that was, those were, those are my three picks. Those are. Uh, for number three. Yeah, for number three. <laughs> those are my, you know, adult social messaging, dealing okay. with feelings sort of, you know. Cool. Uh, I have to admit my number three pick is also got a heck of a lot of feelings. Um, so my, I only have one. I just one for each one. Um, <laughs> my, my, I'm going third favorite, second favorite, and then favorite, right? So my, my third favorite animation animated movie of all time is Kubo and the Two Strings. And so my first question is, has, have you seen it? I have not seen it. Oh man. <laughs> we got two I, of them now. <laughs> you got to so watch it. That's what I mean. Like, I have so many animated movies that I need to catch up on. So this movie, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, it came out of nowhere. And I'll tell you what, um, the really the really stupid thing about all this is the first time I saw it was at school, showing it to kids, and literally the entire classroom and myself bawling. Literally uh-huh. Wow. Our eyes out. Like, like me and all the like the kids were like, so uh, can I have a tissue? And I'm like, uh, I need one too. Oh. <laughs> so let me just read you this the summary from IMDB. It's very quick. Okay. Um, Kubo lives a quiet, normal life in a small shoreside village until a spirit from the past turns his life upside down by reigniting an age-old vendetta. This causes all sorts of havoc as gods and monsters chase Kubo, who, in order to survive, must locate a magical suit of armor once worn by his late father, a legendary samurai warrior. I'm going to tell you two things that will get you into this movie. Okay. Number one, it's stop motion. Oh, okay. Oh, samurai is – the samurai is amazing, actually. Um, The samurai actually is voiced by Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. Right. The second thing I'm going to tell you that will get you into this is I'm going to list the voice actors in the movie. So you've got Charlize Theron, mm. Matthew McConaughey, Ralph Fiennes, um, Rooney Mara, and George Takei are your biggest. Um, now, here, here's my question. Yeah. Were they really the voice actors or were they the voice actors for the American version? As far as I know, this was an American made okay. movie. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the original creators of this, and the writer is Mark Hames, and the director oh. is Travis Knight, and the screenplay was by Chris Butler. So 
Oh, no, I always, for whatever reason, I associated it with international cinema. Yeah, I I don't, I mean, I'm very not surprised by that. You know, it, it absolutely is seemingly a very international movie. Um, it's based on Japanese folklore. So, and I think it's just, I want to say like the original director, either the writer or the director, I can't remember, and I'm sorry, I'm going to get this wrong. But um, one of them said that he just, he watched a lot of samurai movies when he was a kid. And um, he just was really heavily influenced by that. Um, But I wanted to give you some, what I did for all of mine is I found some fun facts for them. Okay. So this is all about the the basically the stop motion of this movie because it was probably the most advanced stop motion movie ever made and I don't know if like Fantastic Mr. Fox or whatever would have overtaken it but at the time which was let me get the year it came out uh 2016 so that's not very old. No. Um it was it was really advanced and beautiful. So the puppet of Kubo himself had a total of 23,187 different faces created for this movie. Ooh. With those created faces, he could have over 48 million different facial expressions. The director of the movie said that one of his favorite movies when he was a kid was Jason and the Argonauts. And there's this classic moment where yes. Jason yeah, faces off against an army of skeleton soldiers So he says, in our film, we wanted to pay tribute to that and try to one-up the masters by not having a bunch of small skeleton puppets, but the most enormous puppet you've ever seen in your life. We built a giant skeleton monster. When it's assembled, it is 16 feet tall. It's the biggest stop-motion puppet that's ever been created. In fact, the entire puppet is an animated moving set. And that scene was unbelievable. Um, for the full-scale giant um, skeleton, they also made 70 unique swords for him and over a thousand different bones. There's also a sailboat, an origami sailboat that's covered in what looks like leaves. Hmm. Uh, they made six different versions of the sailboat sail, and the surface of the boat itself was covered in 250,000 laser-cut leaves. It took 100 hours just to apply them, and the entire boat sequence took 19 months to shoot. So this Whoa. movie was an absolute like masterpiece of you know technicality and, and everything else. But then once you get into the story, you're like, where it, where did this come from? It's so amazing and touching and just, I mean, it's something, Alin. It's really something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyone out there who's never seen or ever heard of Kubo and the Two Strings, K-U-B-O, I want to say it's on Netflix. At least that's where I watched it back in the day. Um, I would highly, highly recommend it for sure. Ooh. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Shall we move to number two? Number two, where I also have three. Yes, uh, category number two. Yes, category number two. So these are the movies that I watched as a child. Uh, and I, I, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about what I think of like as the Disney renaissance of mm-hmm. like the late early's eight late 80s early 90s and i'm just remembering for those of you who are just used to having everything on disney plus at your fingertips there were a time when disney movies went into the vault 
and they mm-hmm. did not come out for like a generation. Mm-hmm. So if you did not get these movies, which came in these plastic containers that are probably going to be like decomposing in a landfill for another 3000 years, yeah. um, then they were like squishy too, right? They, they were, were like all, weird. Yeah, they were weird. Only and only Disney movies came in them. They had a special name to them when they put these out. They had like it was like a big event. It it was huge, like because it's like you have to get this because if you don't go get the don't don't go get the movie, you're never gonna get to see it. Right, and it would literally they would run commercials on TV and it would say coming out of the vault for the first time in 43 years. Right, and, and like, it's like oh, I need that now. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but in so. Uh, in my mind, in the 90s, like Disney kind of found its footing to what it is now, because even even looking back on some of the movies that were made in the 80s, and I'm not trying to, you know, say that these movies were were not great, um, but you had a lot of, you know, they they looked at um who framed roger rabbit oh, god no yeah they they had the black cauldron okay so yeah i'm thinking of a lot of the movies where there were some pretty standard gender roles here and women were expected to be princesses and princesses acted a certain way like the little mermaid had a lot of problems let's be honest oh here. it's so problematic so but i am putting it on the list because <laughs> <laughs> i'm putting it on the list So it came out in 1989, and I just remember loving that movie. The music, like, sold it. It did. I still sing those songs. Under the Sea? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Part of that world. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when they really found their footing. And Disney's like, wait a second. We can have movies with these big soundtracks. And we'll tie it in where you can get these things at McDonald's. I remember getting Flounder and Sebastian in my Happy Meals. Mm -hmm. So the movie itself is very problematic when you realize that Ariel is a 14-year-old girl. And And there's this giant metaphor in there somewhere about girls not talking. (laughs) And here's the one thing that I've, you know, I've, this is not an original idea. I do not know where I heard it from, but Ursula was not a villain. She was just very straightforward. She told Ariel exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So why hate on her? She was just being honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so that's what I mean. You get that's kind of like Disney's renaissance. And that is being made into a live action. Yeah. Um, I think slated next year, or the year after. But. Disney really hit its stride with The Lion King, which is Hamlet mm-hmm. with lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a good movie. Once again, watching it on repeat with a little Phoebe. Uh, Phoebe's really into Scar, which is That's concerning. Horrifying. Yeah, I would be but concerned as well. She doesn't see the part where Scar kills Mufasa. Oh, that you, is, you like fast forward through it? It's fast forwarded through. And she doesn't see the ultimate battle. So everything sort of ends on a happy note, Hakuna Matata, right? You know, sort of around that. Oh, uh, man. Just wait till she gets older and she sees the whole uncut version. Exactly. (laughs) Her mind is going to be blown. Uh So, I mean, you had that. You had Elton John singing Can You Feel the Love Tonight. It was ubiquitous. 
Did you ever go into a Disney store in the 90s? Mm-hmm. I had you, to. You remember how they had, like, those big screens in the back and they would show, like, clips and trailers and things like that? Yes. I still remember being in a Disney store and being totally enraptured. And this was before The Lion King came out. So the original trailer for The Lion King was the complete opening with that song. And it ended when they held the lion. And that was like, what, like four minutes long or something? So I remember being in the Disney store watching that whole trailer and just like mouth hanging open, you know? And it's so funny because we do something in my family we call We Need to Lion King them, where we take our dogs up to Maine and hold them up like on this really high rock near Noble Light and we hold them up to the ocean like <laughs> Rafiki holds up Simba like we need to that's how they get introduced into the family Phoebe also got Lion Kinged because that's how we do um, but it's just such it was a cultural phenomenon and that and I and his all of these movies are problematic I am what was the no, third one the third one is Aladdin Aladdin (laughs) had a lot of horrible stereotypes about Middle Eastern people. I am not saying it is a great movie, but I, if you did not fall in love with Robin Williams as the genie. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Like that movie might've had a lot of problems, but it also had Robin Williams. in it. it. That's what, and you cannot top it as you've seen in the live action remakes of Aladdin, Will Smith. No, Nuh-uh. like you can't top that performance. And the same thing. I did watch the lion King, the live action, which is just a shot by shot remake of the movie. Oh, that's and weird. It's, like the attention to detail is amazing. You're you're not realizing that you're watching something that's CGI. Mm-hmm. But it was a disappointment because it was exactly the same. It's like why bother? Right, and they had they cast Beyonce, so you're like, oh, maybe they're gonna change things up. She had one additional line as Nala. <laughs> like I was like, okay. Um, but those are like the three movies from like, I remember I had a Lion King Sega game, a Lion King Aladdin game. Yeah, yeah. That Aladdin game was crap, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. We, we didn't, you know, we didn't know it at the time. We needed I wanna it. Think, I want to say the Lion King game was awful, too. No, they were all awful. <laughs> but the I fact think they're that- pretty notorious now. Yeah, it's like we, you know, we were we needed it. That was like it worked like Disney's like, we're just going to create all of these products for kids and they're going to need it and they're going to want it and they're going to make their parents get it. It used to be a rite of passage to go Mm -hmm. see a Disney movie and then go buy the soundtrack. That's very true. I did have the Lion King soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Aladdin had a whole new world. Like, don't mm-hmm. you dare close your eyes. And that that um song had a like a, a radio edit that yeah. like, that charted, you know? Yes. It did. And they also had to remove it, remove something out of it because it was an Arab stereotype. Um so I mean, I am just saying that these are the movies that I grew up with. I still have a soft spot for them. Mm-hmm. V- very problematic. But, you know, if you can't, if you don't hum along when they say, I just can't wait to be king, I don't even know who you are. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that's my opinion. Those are my three. Go ahead, Jamie. So it's funny. <laughs> 
for me, for number two, I also went Disney. And I, did you go your second category, Disney? Because mine was Disney. Is this no, just like our? No, no, it's a, okay, it's a it's happy coincidence. But it's just funny because for me, the heyday of Disney was like the 70s. You know, like old Disney for some reason just sticks in them. I wasn't even alive in the 70s, but for some reason, my grandmother, she had all of these old Disney movies. And I'll tell you what else she had. She had VHSs that were called Disney sing-alongs. Did you ever have any of these? <gasps> yes. Yeah, I had all of these. So I used to be this little kid at my grandmother's house, and she would put these Disney sing-along movies on for me and it was just the music and it would have the lyrics at the bottom with the little bouncing ball and I feel like this is how how I kind of learned how to read really good was I would watch these things and you know I'd look for the bare necessities you know I would just sing along with them for hours right so like in my mind like the heyday of Disney was the Aristocats and Robin Hood and um, the Great Mouse Detective was that Disney? Uh, no, that <laughs> was that was the Rescuers. Um, Pete's Dragon. Um, like all of these, like kind of old, old. Um, Oliver and Company. Um, and yeah, all, that's, that's that's where Chris Evans got his dog's name. Dodger is named after Dodger and Oliver and Oliver Company. And Company. Yeah, and it was funny because I remember, like, my husband had never even heard of Oliver and Company. I'm like, Oliver and Company has some of the best music ever. And he looked it up, and he was like, this is Billy Joel. <laughs> I still have my Dodger Christmas ornament from a Happy Meal. The The wow. button doesn't work anymore because it used to play a song. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that's that's how they got you hooked. It's oh, still, yeah. It still looks good. It still looks good. Yeah, yeah. And they had fantastic music back then. So anyway, my number three actually comes from a little earlier than that, but it's, you know, pretty indicative of that time period. Um, And it actually speaks to, you know, who I kind of became later, but it was The Sword and the Stone. And that's Disney's retelling of the King Arthur tale. Which you still enjoy to this day. I do. Um, now part of the reason why I liked the sword and the stone was that it had a lot of like cool little side story animal transformations that still stand out to me, you know, as having little lessons in each of them, like they turned into a fish and the absolute and complete freedom that they felt as fishes were kind of undone by the fact that a bigger fish came along and tried to eat them. And you as a kid are like, you know, you get that there's always a bigger fish lesson. You know, you know what I mean <laughs> from this movie. And then they turn into squirrels and again, ecstatic to jump through the air and and fly through the trees and whatever. But then the lady squirrel um gets a crush on him and um he has to break her heart. You know, and hmm. she's crying, you know, when he does it. But it was, you know, for the best, I guess he's not really a squirrel. He's going to go back to being a dude. Um, <laughs> but it was it was it was sad and poignant. And then the 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 real highlight of that movie was the battle at the end between Merlin and Madame Mim, where they keep turning into bigger animals. I'm a wolf. I'm a this. I'm a that. Until finally Madame Mim turns into a dragon. Right. 
And she's like, beat that, Merlin. And he turns into a virus and gets her sick. And that's how he wins the battle. And it was this really cool, you don't have to be big and strong to win. You just have to be smart, you know? And I swear, when I watch The Sandman, which is something we're going to talk about later, there is a version of the Sword in the Stone battle between Lucifer and and Morpheus. Um, It has to be inspired by that. So... Did you ever see The Sword in the Stone, Elaine? I have seen it. It's one of those that I saw once. So it's probably pretty weak in terms of the memory department. That's what, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I probably just knowing the mythology mm-hmm. around The Sword in the Stone, I could, you know, I could fake it until I make it. But yeah, I mean, and, and even like there's even like a bullying, you know, kind of thing going on in it because Arthur in the movie, you know, he's really he's really picked on. Um, quite a bit, and there's a, a knight there who I think his name was Wart, <laughs> who picks on, or it might have been, there was a couple knights, might have been Kay. Anyway, there were, and anyway, he was picked on and he was bullied. It's been a long time since I've seen it too. And um, towards the end, um, the knights need a, a, a sword, and and the, how they do it in the end is is um, Arthur's like he's like find me a sword, Arthur, find me a sword right now, and he's like okay okay we'll find you a sword. He just doesn't know where to go, he doesn't know what to do, and he runs up to the sword, and the stone just pulls it out, <laughs> and he's well, gonna hand it to another knight and be like here you go, here's a sword for you, and they're all looking at him like oh what did you just do? <laughs> and I was gonna say the other thing about Disney, and this is they always do it, is the the um, main character always has animal friends of some sort. Yeah, especially that, old Disney, right? There's a lot of yeah, animal friends in old Disney, yeah. That help them out on their their journey. Yeah, I, I just, this was a really old movie. I'm looking at it now, 1963, but it just, it still sticks with me as having just, not even just a, a really cool story, but also neat lessons to it. It was very well done. Um, I think it's probably worth a rewatch. Um, I'm sure the animation doesn't entirely hold up at this point, but we've seen worse, you know? <laughs> well, no, I, and uh, there were a lot of movies that came out during that Disney time period. And I think that's like Peter Pan, Camero, mm. and that sort mm-hmm. of genre. I don't know if Cinderella was around that time. That was probably earlier. Because um, I, know, I know Snow White was the first Disney animated film that came out. And I didn't pick it because I haven't watched it as much. Cinderella was 1950. Okay. So I believe. Um, and then the other one was Sleeping Beauty. Yes. And that one was also pretty old. Let me see like if I can Snow- get the, the year. I think actually, hold on, I'm wrong. Sleeping Beauty, I think, is the first. No, Snow White was definitely first. Oh, Snow White was, okay. Yep, absolutely. I should have Sleeping done Beauty my Sleeping Beauty was gut. like 59. So these are all, yeah, you're going back to the 50s. So these are the really old ones, yeah. And, you know, that's where they had all of the Disney princesses that still stick around to Problematic, but they're still with us. They're still with us. And I think, I'm not going to say they corrected any of these issues, but I yeah. think, like, when you watch Mulan, when you watch, um, oh, the Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. Tatiana. They, yeah, they they try to create more independent women. Is it an improvement? Yes. Does it go far enough? I feel yeah. like Frozen went really far with that. I actually yeah, really Frozen. appreciated that a lot. And I know it's not Disney, but I know Brave did yeah. a very good job That's with Merida. Disney. 
I thought it was like I think that's Disney. Is it Disney? I I'm thought it was. Sure. I was trying to think. What's the other studio? It's like that sh- they did Shrek and stuff, and then they eventually folded. Like they were. I feel like they were competing against Pixar, and then they just stopped because yeah. It's no, like, this is not- Disney. It is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about though. Um, also, I was Dreamworks? very wrong. Was that- Dreamworks. Yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very wrong. I looked it up. Inside Out made 858 million just in the United Oof. States, and uh, Zootopia made 350 million in the United States and over a billion worldwide. So I was very wrong about them being <laughs> just like, oh yeah, they didn't really make a lot of money. They made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to correct that. Also worth noting, there were some good bear scenes in Brave. Bear. <laughs> all right yeah yeah so that's good that's good we did our whole disney thing yeah um i did have a few fun facts about uh the sword in the stone it was released on christmas in 1963 oh um it was loosely based around the novel but um this it was called the novel the sword in the stone by t.h white and was considered a financial success in north america grossing just over 22 million dollars at that time that's yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Um, it was the last animated feature that was released while Walt Disney was alive. So that was well, the last he, one he got to see. His head's still alive. True. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know everyone makes fun of it. I would do the same thing if I had enough money. You don't know. It's, it's also the only Disney movie from the 60s not to have a platinum DVD release, a sequel, a TV show, or a live-action remake. Oh, yeah, because so. now they just bleed everything dry. I think there's, like, a yeah. Lion King, too. But it, remember Disney used to go direct to video? Mm-hmm, yeah. And it was very concerning for me when Toy Story 2 came out. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, they never put out sequels. Like, they had, like they had Aladdin 2, The Cave of Jafar, or something along those lines that you would see at Blockbuster. And none of them are any good. No, and that's why I'm like, oh, man, they're going to do a Toy Story 2. They're putting it in the movies. It's not going direct to video. I'm very concerned about this. Yeah. I didn't have to be, but I was. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Oh, we have the reached. final. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I know. So you called your final category, your number ones, the OGs. The OGs. And so these are the movies that Every child has watched whether they should watch it is another story. Uh, two of the films are have been made into live action with the newest one premiering in September, which is Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these movies. Fun fact, there's also yeah. a video game coming out that's based oh. on loosely based on Pinocchio. Um, it's a Souls-like, which means you and I will never play it. For those of you out there who know what Souls games are, it's a Souls-like, and it's called The Lies of P. <laughs> oh. So it's not an authorized tie-in to the no, live action. No, it's not. Pinocchio um, is strangely attractive in the video game. Because I just said, I was like, oh, because it's going to premiere on Disney+, Plus. I think on Disney Day, which is September 8th, because... Thor, Love and Does Thunders. Does Disney really need a day? Oh, no. They're just trying to make it. so Because they need more money. Oh, God. They, they need more money. But as my sister said, not even Tom Hanks can save this live action Pinocchio. No, no, no. no. So, but, <laughs> Is this so, Guillermo del Toro? Is that this one? 
there's another one because oh we always, God. yeah, we always have to have parallel ideas that come out at the same I, same time. I mean, I'll just go, I'll go with it first. Pinocchio is a very dark. Oh gosh. So dark. It is. And I am still haunted when they turned into donkeys. <laughs> right? Like, I feel like. I could. It's terrifying. It was. They were trafficking children uh-huh. into slavery, and it wasn't funny. No. Why? No, it was not funny. I agree with you. I actually didn't like Pinocchio as a movie because it was. It was pretty traumatic. What about Jiminy Cricket? Uh, it's a bug. <laughs> but he's got a little top hat. Eh, it's still a bug. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like I'm saying, like I'm not like I'm not saying they're amazing movies but like when it came out of the vault i had to have it you had to watch it you yeah. had to know all about it and yeah it's just something that all of these movies have sort of permeated the social conscience i mean everyone <laughs> you still make i mean in shrek there was jokes about pinocchio there was i wonder the, if it's co- coming out of copyright and that's why there's so many of these things now it could be because I know Winnie the Pooh just came out of copyright, and then somebody's actually making a horror video game. About yes, it. yeah. <laughs> I saw the images, and I was like, "No, this is terrifying." Just, just because you can doesn't mean you should. That was a Jurassic Park reference. I, and you know, what's funny. <laughs> As I'm saying, sitting here, I'm looking at my Dr. Ian Malcolm Funko Pop. Yes, so of it's, course you it's are. in there. It's in yep. there, but. Yeah, and so and the the two other movies that live with you and create generational trauma, uh, we have Dumbo. Oh boy, uh, Dum- It was pink elephants on parade. Mm-hmm. Like I can still remember crying when they thought that Dumbo's mom was a mad elephant and like quarantined her, and she was just swinging Dumbo with her trunk and singing "Baby of Mine." Baby of Mine. Yep. Oh. You got I, Bambi on there too. Yeah, well, you have to have so Bambi. Like I'm not like I'm just saying this is why it explains so much about generations. Okay, off the top of my head, I've got three traumas of my own. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Watership Down. Mm-hmm. The Secret of Nim. Oh. Oh, I got four. Oh, go ahead. Whoa. The, the <laughs> land before time. Oh, I'm a little fun. All dogs go to heaven. Right. Like, so this Ooh. is what I mean. Like, for anyone who's like, what is wrong with this generation? This is the stuff we watch for entertainment. Yeah, we were subjected to this. You don't watch it. You are subjected to it. it. Exactly. Like, we're going to go watch Bambi. Okay. Boom. Bambi's mom's going to get die. Bambi's going to be an orphan who has to struggle out there. Oh, and she has to hey, make you want to know why I'm anti-gun? Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that that's what I'm saying. Like, these are the old school. Disney yeah. does not care. Nope. They are going to subject you, as you say. I think that's a great word for it. To all kinds of violence and trauma. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Because guess what, kiddo? That's life. Yum. It's not a picnic. Nope. Like, you know, when these movies came out, kids were working in coal mines. So go complain <laughs> about that. 
that's how I feel. Women like, couldn't even have credit cards. Yeah, well, we're heading that way. We're, he- we're oh, kind of like reversing. I know, we're going backwards now. We're, yeah. we're backward. <laughs> but that's why I had to pick them. I mean, we, we're not doing live action. We could also just have a live action trauma from the 80s and 90s that made us the way that we are today. I'm looking cough, at cough. you. The Dark Crystal. Yeah, I was just about to say the Dark Crystal, the never-ending story. Oh, Every, the horse. Yes, yes. Everyone who's like within that, gen- they know, and they're like, ah, oh. uh-huh. because it was horrible. Guess what? We survived. We literally <laughs> just relived my entire tri- childhood trauma in the last yep. five minutes. <laughs> exactly. You, none of us need therapy anymore. We just talked about it. It's all um, out there in the open. Yeah, so those are those are my th- and that's why I couldn't I couldn't separate because I felt like they these films flowed together and I okay. broke the rules. Okay. So okay, no well, apology. I'm I'm kind of glad I'm going last because I'm gonna end it on a happy note. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh, everybody, take a deep breath and remember back to the first time you saw Spirited Away. Uh, oh, it's a palate cleanser. Right oh, there. it is uh, it is and i still have that piano tune na 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 right it still yeah. gets in your head i can't sing or hum as ben has been you know evidenced many a time on here but i know what you're talking about yeah it's it's a good one right so i'll tell you why i remember this so fondly um you remember my friend i Yes. Okay. She's a huge Miyazaki fan. And um, I actually got introduced to Miyazaki through I. She used to um, tell me all of the movies that she used to love by Miyazaki. So I've seen a lot of the old Miyazaki, like um, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind and Lapta Castle in the Sky, because these are the movies that she grew up with. And she told me that um, we were talking about Christmas one time, and I was talking about like how every year – at Christmas, you see certain movies that always come on every Christmas. And she said, oh, they play Nausicaa every Christmas in Japan. That's our Christmas movie. So um, I thought that was really interesting. Like, we get Frosty the Snowman and stuff, and then they get a a traumatic movie about the end of the world as we know it due to pollution. So... (laughs) It makes sense. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's a wonderful movie. Um, So she was here when we... when Spirited Away came out, and it actually went to theaters... And it had English voice acting. Nobody huge did this. It was one of the first Miyazaki movies, if not the first, that came out in America in theaters. And so they hadn't really bothered to do the, like, let's get a million amazing voice actors thing yet. You right. know what I mean? They did that later with, like, Howl's Moving Castle and stuff. Um, but she really wanted to go see it. And the only place that it was playing was in Boston. And it was this theater off the red line, and I'm struggling to remember which one it, it was. Was it the, the AMC Lowe's no, on the wasn't. common? Hmm. No, it wasn't. It was about two or three stops from Alewife. Um, oh, was it near Kendall? MIT? Yo, the Kendall Square Theater. Yeah. I think that was it, yeah. Okay. Um, so, and that's right kind of near Japantown. So we would go to Japantown, and then we would walk to the theater. Um, but we went, and it was like me and I – uh, older woman, like a grandma with her granddaughter, I presume, and, like, and then one other um, couple of adult women. So it was six people in the theater. And at the end, when the lights came up, all six of us bawling. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we all turned and we were looking at each other and we all started laughing because we were all crying our eyes out. 
it th- those are like moments that you that make you happy that you go to the movies. Yeah. You know, it's like that shared experience. Yeah, for sure. But I'm reading so I'm reading about it uh and it was saying that it was and remains the first hand-drawn non-American movie to win the best animated uh movie at the yes. Oscars. And as an interesting fact for that, um, Miyazaki did not attend. He refused to come and attend the Academy Awards ceremony because he was protesting the Iraq war at the time. That that's what because I'm looking at the dates and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because yep. not that people love us now, but mm-hmm. America was really no like everyone was like. They were on our side, obviously, with the shock and horror of September 11th. But what we did afterwards, everyone was like, I can't get down with that. Yeah. Sorry. But um, it was also the highest grossing film in Japan for a really long time. So until Spirited Away came out, Titanic was actually their highest grossing film. And then this um, killed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they didn't. It, it stayed the champion until I want to say 2020. Or 2019, or it was real. It was it was real recently that this um, another movie overtook it, and I think inflation probably has part partly to do with it. But it was the highest grossing uh, film in J- in Japan for a really long time. Um, it's a beautiful film. Have you seen this one? I have, I have, and I'm just like I'm reading. So I mean, I didn't even realize this. So in 2016, it was voted the fourth best film of the 21st century, mm-hmm. and not animated. Just, just in all general. films. Yeah. All films. And it was done without a script. He had no script. He had storyboards and went with it. And and I'm just reading about how basically a lot of the different animators who went on to create Pixar were extremely inspired by him and cite Miyazaki as an influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's and just amazingly talented, you know. Um he has um a man who does a lot of his music, who did this music named Joe Hisashi. And Damien and I were lucky enough to see Joe Hisashi f- perform live in San Jose and he played oh. music from this and some of other other Miyazaki movies and it was just one of the most moving experiences to see this guy play. So um, yeah, it, it's an amazing movie. It's it, They actually added dialogue to the American version to help us kind of understand what was going on because so much of this is so deeply rooted in Japanese mythology and like just culture around bathhouses and we don't really have those here. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, if you're not like um, big into Japanese mythology or culture, I don't think this is a difficult movie to understand um the, the no there's like universal themes yeah exactly of selfishness and courage and you know just the special bond that families have you know she's able to recognize which pigs are her parents because she just knows you know like they say this whole phrase like a mother knows about their kids well a kid knows about their mom you know what i mean so right. um and just forgiveness you know she forgives the the no face um demon even after he's pretty horrible to all of them. Um, she forgives him and, you know, he's able to kind of make up for his actions and all of those are really great themes and it's just such a really good movie and now I want to watch it again. 
I'm going to say, where is it for, I know we should have looked where, I mean, most of these movies are on Disney plus. Actually, Uh, I want to say all of Miyazaki was on HBO for a while. Okay. Yeah. You can watch Nausicaa on there right now. I'm pretty sure. Or at least you could until I don't know what's going on with the whole discovery HBO thing right now. That's a giant mess, but for a while you could watch all of Miyazaki's library on there. So right now you still can as of this moment. So go, go watch before. Whatever is going to happen happens because it doesn't sound like it's going to be good. No, I, um, know, right? I mean, I'm excited because I love Discovery Plus and I'll be very excited to I don't have it. And I just where I draw the line at getting more um, streaming services. Yeah, streaming services. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to add that. But they're not being very transparent about what's happening. So that's no, never they a good are thing. not. Yes, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> never a good thing. But you yeah. know, I think I think we have a pretty comprehensive list here. And I mean, I think even if we a lot of the things that we picked are within the zeitgeist still, mm-hmm. and you know, even Spirited Away, there's elements you could say of Alice in Wonderland sure. in there as well. So these are all. They live in our minds. Mm-hmm. They exist. They're part of our lives. They're fairy tales, but they're also tools to learn. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. What a lovely message to end on. I know. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> We're so good. We don't even mean to be. It's just who no. we are naturally. It's just natural <laughs> oozing talent. It's just coming, you know, watch out world. What's that Nicolas Cage movie again? The, the incredible unbear- weight. The, the unbearable weight of massive talent. There you also, go. That's what you know, have. <laughs> I was going to say also known as the Jamie and Alin story. Oh, it's so hard being us. Oh, it's so hard. All so right. difficult. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so that was our very special episode 30. Thank you for sticking with us for all of this time. Um, 31 will roll into a new set of 10, so we'll probably be making some small changes as one does. In the meantime, please remember to like, follow, and subscribe. And you can find us on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram crackers. Search for three speech and look for the bears. And I have no idea what bear this one's going to oh, be. I have way oh, too yeah. many to pick from. <laughs> so many bears. Maybe we'll just write too many to choose. I know, right? <laughs> no bears today. <laughs> I'm sure we'll think of something. All right. So we'll see you again soon for some Sandman and some Gray Man and maybe other kinds of mans. We're not really sure yet. Um, And as always, thank you very much for listening.